Hello and welcome to Times Tall Tales. Today, the wonderful Jordan is going to take us through the Theogony, the creation of the universe to the fall of the Titans. So, over to you, Jordan. Hello. Well, um, this is um, as simplified as I could get it, <laughs> uh, version of the Theogony and the creation of the universe to the fall of the Titans. So, um be prepared for a lot of names and a lot of incest. Um, before I start, I would like to clarify that the primordial gods I'll mention are not only the gods of concepts or things, but they are also the things they represent. Now, that is for primordial gods. For example, the primordial god Thanatos is the god of death, but he is also the personification of death itself. Now, Onto it. <laughs> In the beginning, there was only Chaos, a primordial deity of the void who was without form or purpose. Then Gaia, the primordial deity of the earth, and Tartarus, the primordial deity of the abyss, which was essentially a dungeon of eternal torment, and Eros, the primordial deity of love, who is basically an anthropomorphization of the ex- existential concept of love, all appear. Don't ask where from they just appear. Then from chaos comes Erebus and Nyx, um, somehow, um, who are primordial deities of the darkness and the night, respectively. Nyx and Erebus, um, brother and sister, decide to get together and produce two children, who are also primordial gods, uh, Himera, the day, and Ethop, the heavens. Meanwhile, from Gaia came Aronos, um, sometimes named Uranus, who is the primordial god of the sky. Uh, also, Pontus, the primordial god of the sea, and the Aurea, the primordial gods of the mountains. Now, Aronos becomes the ruler of the universe at this point. So then Nyx, in this time, also produces many children on her own because uh, she can do that, who end up being the primordial gods of abstract concepts such as Geras, Old Age, Oisis, Pain, and Eris, Discord or Strife. Then Eris takes a leaf out of her mother's book and decides to have her own children via asexual reproduction, producing more primordial gods of abstract concepts, including Limos, Starvation, Dysnomia, Anike, and the Sudea, who uh, lies um, which is spelt with a silent P if anyone wants to look into them. Then Gaia decides to mate with her own son, as you do, and gives birth to the three Hecatonchires, uh, Cotus, Briarios, and Gyges, who were giants with a hundred arms and fifty heads, as well as the Psyche. Go ahead, what are you saying? I was about to say that's. That's a lot to keep track of, 100 arms and 50 heads. Also, so far, they all seem to be very dark things, like old age, pain, starvation, anarchy. I mean, you've got to think of, you know, the darkness and the night, they gave birth to the day and the heavens, but then the night itself is giving birth to old age, pain and strife. (laughs) And I must say, a lot and a lot of other things. Um, they also give birth, uh, Nyx also creates things like Hypnos, Sleep, um, the Oniroi, who 
I cannot for the life of me remember what they are the gods of. Um, but anyway, many gods. So um, Gaia also uh, gives birth to the Cyclops, uh, who were three Cyclops brothers named Brontes, Steropes, and Argus. Um, and also from the Union came the, the main Titans, who I'll now list off as quickly as possible. Oceanus, Titan of the Sea, Kuus, sometimes named Koyos, Titan of Intelligence, Creus, the Titan of Constellations, Hyperion, the Titan of Heavenly Light, Iapetus, Titan of Mortality, Thea, Titan of Sight and the Clear Blue Sky, Rhea, Titan of Female Fertility and Motherhood, Themis, Titan of Law and Order, Phoebe, Titan of the Smart and of Prophecy, Cronus, Titus of the Ip, Titan of the Harvest, Tethys, Titan of Fresh Water, and Nemesine, Titan of Memra, which, uh, Memra, which is spelt with a silent M. Now, Auronos, seeing that the Hecatonchires and the Cyclops decides that his children are so ugly that they deserve imprisonment, and so yeets them down to Tartarus, the dungeon of eternal torment I mentioned earlier. So, well done, Auronos, Dad of the Year. Now, Gaia, understandably upset that her children have been punished to eternal torment for being ugly, fulfilling the age-old statement of, face, of faces only a mother could love, uh, decides to hatch a plan. Um, she tries to get her children, grandchildren, uh, <laughs> Titans, to overthrow their father, Aronos, but they're scared, they're scared of their father. Um, but Cronus, the youngest, absolutely despises his father and says that he'll do it. So Gaia gives him a sickle and says, wait till the right moment, which he does. When Auronos is travelling across the sky to bring night time, he goes to uh, well, get it on uh, with his wife mother, Gaia, and then Cronus strikes and... Um, I've lost myself, sorry. <laughs> uh, Cronus strikes, slicing his genitals off and throwing them across the earth like some sort of sick javelin. The blood from the wounds then falls on the ground and creates the Erinyes, later called the Furies, who were chthonic deities of vengeance, as well as the giants and the Melei, who were nymphs of the ash tree. The genitals, on the other hand, uh, fall into the ocean and begin to foam. And from that foam comes Aphrodite, the goddess of love, who presumably spent the rest of her life incessantly scrubbing her body clean. <laughs> um, with Aronos thoroughly deposed as head god, Cronus takes the throne, and everything was peaceful forever. Except it wasn't. Cronus doesn't free his siblings, the Cyclops and Hecatonchires, from Tartarus, and this will come back to bite him. Rhea and Cronus, brother and sister, marry and have multiple children. Because if it ain't incest, it ain't Greek mythology. Now, these children were mostly Olympian gods. And these gods are Hestia, goddess of the hearth, the home, the state, etc. Demeter, goddess of the harvest and agriculture. Poseidon, god of the sea, horses, earthquakes. Yes, horses. Um, Hades, god of the underworld and the dead, not death. Um, he is also not the equivalent to the Christian devil, despite what Disney's Hercules may say. Hades is a nice guy. Why will no one recognise this? Um, wow. 
I've never heard anyone Hades. Like, I've never heard anyone plead for Hades. That's, Hades that's is a, a new one. Guy. I mean, Zeus, serial rapist. Poseidon, serial rapist. Hades, kidnap this one person one time. Held her against it's the will. It's just one kidnapping. And just then, the one. And then apparently she willingly stayed because she decided to eat a pomegranate. I mean, that's, that's like, basically legal. Yeah, basically. And then Zeus basically said to, to her mother, well, I say that half and half, so... And other than that, there's not really any problematic things. Zeus was out here, like, <laughs> raping everything in sight. Um, true, true. And anyway, so the other gods were Hera, goddess of women, childbirth, family, etc., and Zeus, god of thunder, lightning, guest Our friendship. favourite! Yeah, <laughs> guest friendship, etc. Now, Gaia prophesies that one of Cronus' children will overthrow him one day. So Cronus makes the only sound, rational decision possible. He eats his children. Rhea, clearly not into this, asks Gaia and Aranos for help hiding her sixth child, Zeus, away. Gaia feeds him a rock instead of um, a rock in a blanket instead. So way to go, Cronus, with his observation skills. Um, Zeus is raised by Gaia and then decides to overthrow his father. Uh, he, with the help of Metis, an oceanid nymph, disguises himself as a cupbearer and poisons Cronus so that he throws up his fully grown, undigested children. Greek mythology, once again, abiding by the rules of biology. Thus begins the Titanomica, or the Titan War. Thus, uh, I mean, Zeus frees the Cyclops, who forged him his lightning bolts, and along with his siblings and some other gods and titans, he wages war against his father and the other titans. Ten years pass, and nobody's winning. So Gaia suggests that Zeus should release the Hecatonchires. Um, weirdly, the Hecatonchires somehow helped to win this war. I mean, who would have thought that these 100 armed, 50 headed, huge giants who are immensely powerful could have helped this whole time? So the Olympians win, and thus begins the Olympian Age. Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades draw lots to see who gets to rule which part of the universe. Zeus getting the sky, Poseidon the sea, and Hades the underworld. Then Zeus marries Metis, and she gets pregnant. But Gaia warns that she will bear a daughter more cunning than him, and then a son who is more cunning, and will also overthrow him. Learning from his dad's and grandfather's mistakes, Zeus makes the completely normal and understandable decision to absorb his pregnant wife who now lives in him almost like a conscience. Then Zeus marries his sister, Hera, and bumps out a few children, namely Ares, god of war, and Hephaestus, god of fire and forgery, etc. Then one day, he gets a splitting headache and decides to smash his head open. Because, yes. Um, and out pops Zeus and Metis' daughter, Athena, goddess of wisdom and battle strategy, fully grown meaning Zeus was pregnant in the head. Great mythology once again abiding by the rules of biology. And then Zeus proceeds to bang his way across the universe. The end. Wow. 
That yeah. is one hell of a bedtime story. Yeah. <laughs> Names, incest, biology. I mean, so there's so much that happens. This is only like twenty like, percent. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's some big names in there. Pardon me. Zeus, Hera, Ares. This this version is just completely erased from the popular view. I mean, I know we had the the mini debate on Hades, but if if you asked any average mind human being, what Mind. they thought <laughs> just the average mind um, you know not those that spend hours researching Greek mythology like us strange university students um, <laughs> but you'd say Hades was a pretty bad guy like in your brain Hades one of the bad guys yeah I mean and then and you know Zeus is sort of like the father of the good guys in the modern world and you learn that Zeus transformed himself into a shower of golden coins to impregnate a human woman Unwillingly. where was that in the Disney adaptation <laughs> unwillingly but <laughs> I must say uh, <laughs> where is this short sketch Disney I would like to see yeah. um, <laughs> um, Disney where is your swans your swan rapists oh, no. where are your swan rapists also known as Zeus. Um, (laughs) So yes, I guess it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a a heavy question, I know, but why do you think that this version isn't told? You know, why don't you think we hear at all about, you know, 100 armed, 50 headed, huge giants? Um, One word, Christianity. (laughs) Um, it's a big legacy of um, of uh, Christianity trying to equil- um, equilibrate ancient pagan gods with, um, you know, <laughs> with a <laughs> uh, Christian god. Sorry, uh, <laughs> lost my words. Ah, yes, I know that god very well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, it comes from a long legacy of them uh, equilibrating those. So God is often um, um, equalised with Zeus, considering Zeus is head God and has all the power and that sort of thing, because Zeus is omnipotent, much like the Christian God. And therefore, because the Christian devil is the ruler of the underworld, um, obviously in Christian beliefs, he is the ruler of hell. And so Hades is oft, often bunched in and equil- um, equilibrated with him, despite them being completely and utterly different characterizations. Lucifer being evil, um, and the incarnation of evil, versus Hades, who is a pretty nice guy compared to Zeus, serial rapist, Poseidon, serial rapist. Ares, the guy you only cared about war, etc. Um, and honestly, Hades just gets a bad rap. So, thanks, Jesus. I mean, Hades, 
and I know what it is to say this, but it does come back to ancient Egyptians with me. If you think about Osiris, he's he's god of the underworld. You know, he's god of the afterlife in Egypt. Yeah. He's not the devil. Well, you I, know, he's I, never he's never associated with even, if anything, he's worshipped more than all the gods of everything that's alive. Yeah, I because think because um... there's there's such an importance of death and I find it very interesting how the Greeks seem to have really really kind of shunned death well I wouldn't say that because there's many myths surrounding Hades they're just positive myths (laughs) there is myths of um, Sisyphus Hades is in the myth of Sisyphus is in the um where he, what's it called? Um, Hades helps to punish Sisyphus for his crimes, which I suppose is a good thing. Um, he's also in the myth of Orpheus, where he he and um, Persephone grant uh, Orpheus the ability to go and take back his dead wife to the land of the living. That doesn't go well, but that's not Hades' fault. <laughs> um... <laughs> And there's, there's so many myths where Hades isn't technically a bad guy versus Zeus where he never heard of the word consent in any capacity. Mm. Um, and it's not just rape, it's also murder and plenty of it, turning people into cows. <laughs> Again. Oh, yes, tell the cow story, tell the cow story. Oh, I'm, I'll leave you for another for another episode because that one deserves one of its own. It deserves one of its own. That's true. That's true. So I guess um, another question I have is: in the beginning, there isn't light, as the famous saying says. There is. A void. Just an empty <laughs> void. And then there's some earth. And then there's an abyss. Yeah. And, you know, a dungeon of torment. It's it's a very dark way to start on earth. Well, I find that quite interesting, actually. Um, but, you know, um, Nyx and Erebus came before light. Darkness and the nighttime came before day and the light. Which is... Um, quite interesting to me I mean obviously you have um, and when you say about it being a dark mythology for the start you've got to think um, Greek mythology is quite a dark mythology as it is Um, they have monsters uh, (laughs) that turn people to stone they have weird sphinxes that have weird mix of um animals in one um, they have all these um, horrible monsters and myths of terrible things so I wouldn't say it's out of place I would just say that that's the way the ancient Greeks fought fair enough fair enough I mean um, wouldn't you have a dark mythology if every way you look was incest <laughs> I mean, that uh, that's a fair argument. Actually, I'd have that's a fair argument. In the world, if that was true. That, no, that's that's fair enough. What what just genuinely fascinates me about 
it's not just Greek mythology, but all mythology, how genuinely ludicrous some of the things are. I mean, giving birth to a fully formed woman from your forehead. <laughs> what? Where does, where does that come from? I'm not, I'm not genuinely asking you this as a question, but what what must go on in someone's mind to go, ah, oh, yeah, that's that's how it works. I mean, I assume drugs, but I'm not sure. Um, it may be, may not. Uh, imaginative people. I mean, maybe it comes from finding a way to describe an incomprehensible universe. Is it incomprehensible? Is that the correct word? Yeah. Incomprehensible you know, actually, I've just had a, I've just had an idea as to why maybe. Because she's the goddess of wisdom. Head. You know, wisdom comes from the head. Wisdom comes from the mind, which obviously should be in your skull. Um, yeah. So perhaps perhaps the idea is to sort of you draw the wisdom from your head. I'm trying to legitimize Greek mythology. That's a that's a dangerous road <laughs> to ever go down. Um <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm missing the old thing of absorbing your pregnant wife who becomes a consciousness in your head bit. <laughs> Uh, details, and, details. Uh, the surviving smashing your head open and a fully formed woman popping out of it. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we can overlook that. But there, it is, you know, for, for an impulse thought, it is quite an interesting link, perhaps, that wisdom is coming from the head. Yeah, very interesting. And I mean... Um, it's a bit ironic, actually, that these people uh, were so symbolic with wisdom coming from the head and then thought that a goddess sprung out of their head. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's a bit of mixing going on yeah, there. There's... I don't think they cracked a book. <laughs> um, but honestly, um, I feel like it's a way to... Greek mythology and any mythology they have these wacky or uh, ludicrous things in our opinion because maybe that's just a way of trying to describe and comprehend an incomprehensible universe, an incomprehensible world that just doesn't make sense because if you look at actual biology and actual you know, real life reality doesn't make sense <laughs> we're tiny insignificant people trying to comprehend people thousands of years in the past um, who live in a little rock in an unknown <laughs> universe that could span for forever, for infinity. Well, to uh, to coin a Top Gear phrase, uh, <laughs> and on that bombshell... Um, <laughs> On that existential crisis of a bombshell. Uh, I apologise. <laughs> I apologise that you you're for... insignificant. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Please don't let this damage your self-worth. Um, you are a valued person, whoever is listening to this. The human um, society, but not the universe. <laughs> you're making it worse. <laughs> uh, I'll shut up, sorry. <laughs> You are loved. Thank you very, thank you very much for listening. You are indeed loved. To everyone listening, thank you very much. And uh, 
goodbye we shall see you next time with more incest <laughs>